Thank you for listening to the Call Me By Your Game podcast today. Before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and give you three action items that um, you can address in order to support Black Lives. The first one is the Supporting Black Lives email list. Now, this is a list of very helpful resources compiled by my friend Paula V. Ganalan. She is amazing, as is this list. So, if you're looking for daily items and ways you can make an impact, this resource, this multiple times a week email will provide you all sorts of opportunity to do this. Um, You can sign up for the list uh, on the link that is in the show notes. The second item is I want to also give a fundraiser out there to to those who have extra money who can, you know, use their money for good, uh, impactful ways. The fundraiser we're going to highlight is the Ochre Project, which we've talked about before, so you're probably familiar, but this fundraiser helps bring black trans people healthy, nutritious, and culturally specific meals, especially those experiencing food insecurity. It's a great place to donate. Um, would highly recommend it. The last is um, we've talked about police brutality on this show a lot recently, and one of the things that you know continues to empower and embolden you know police officers and their institution to commit crimes and abuse their power is something called qualified immunity. Um, we've talked about this before. Um, there is a bill proposed by Congress to end qualified immunity, um, and so. If you are wondering, you're, you're someone who doesn't know about it, then there's also a link to a great podcast, Code Switch, who did a full episode on it. It's about 20 minutes long, but it gives you a pretty good idea of how harmful qualified immunity for officers and officials can be. So thank you for uh, listening to the show. Please check out all these action items and enjoy this wonderful episode with Joe Gould. Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. This is your host, Connor McCabe. Uh, And if you've never listened to the Call Me By Your Game show before, I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit about it. Um, This is a show where I bring on a friend to talk about a video game that is special to them. And we talk as much about not only what they love about the game and what makes it great in their eyes, but also uh, dive into a little bit about the context of when they played and what stood out to them. Um, a little housekeeping up top at, of the show. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, you can visit the website at callmebyyourgame.com. You can email us if you have questions, suggestions, anything you feel like sharing with us, something you love about the game from the episode today, you can hit us up at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you would like to support the show, you can do that a couple of ways. You can rate and review us in the Apple Podcast Store to help our visibility. And then you can also share it with a friend, whether they love video games or love the one we're talking about today. uh, That would be great. We want more people listening. Um, But that's it for the housekeeping. We'll get into what is, I've just recently been trademarking as the best part of the show where I relieve the guests of only my voice and introduce our guest, or I relieve the audience and introduce our guest. Uh, Please welcome uh, writer, hero, and just overall uh, fun person to see around because that's about our solid relationship. Please welcome Joe Gould. 
Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me. Do do people email you a lot of questions about the show? Um, we've had zero emails <laughs> okay. ever come to, <laughs> to the address. It's uh, I usually just use it for like the stuff we I've signed up for and our website stuff. But, um, you know, Joe, maybe someday we'll get an email. I it, Whoever is listening to this, if everybody listening to this, please send Connor just an email about anything um, yeah. to the show's email address. That would be amazing. He's earned that. Thank you. You're, you know, you're already uh, just doing so much for the show. So um, thanks for being here, Joe. It's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Um, is there any other way that people might know you that you feel like sharing today or did we nail it? Uh, yeah, I think you, you nailed it. Um, unless you know me off like Grinder or Jacked, maybe Scruff, probably not Scruff. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know. We were talking about a thing that I'm up for uh, a little bit earlier. And so maybe people know me from that soon. Hopefully. Hey, yeah. But who's to say? Who is to say, you know, when, the, when we're looking down months into the future and someone is going through this podcast and they're, and they listen to it, they're going to know exactly what we're talking about. And it's not going to be like an inside thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. That's going to happen. Not even hopefully that that is going to yes. happen. Yeah. We'll manifest that. Absolutely. Um, well, I know already I've, I've, I've thanked you a million times, but thanks again for doing the show today. I'm so excited to have you. Um, we're going to, we obviously are going to talk about one game today. Before we do that, we'll talk about your history, but uh, with games in general. But, Joe, what is the game we're going to discuss today? Oh, man. We're going to discuss the greatest wrestling game of all time. And this is like the undisputed greatest wrestling game of all time. I'm not exaggerating or being funny. This isn't a bit. It's a WWE No Mercy for the Nintendo 64. Amazing. Uh, and as someone, as I, as I told Joe before, this is a game I think I've played once and watched, uh, like a friend's older brother play growing up. Uh, Joe's, you can't see it, but Joe's, uh, cracking their knuckles right now. Um, (laughs) uh, and just giving me a scary look. But, um, as much as I've only seen this game, it's mostly a peripheral experience for me. That is generally what I saw for doing research for the episode. So um really excited to talk about it, to talk about what you love about it. Um, but before that, Joe, let's dive into your history with video games uh, as much or as little as you like to share. Uh, I think the biggest history I have with games was just, you know, I'm just a big Nintendo head. I think I had an Xbox in college, but other than that, I've always done Nintendo 64, GameCube, and every single Nintendo handheld. And I was looking today, and I still have every single one of my Nintendo handhelds. Amazing. Uh, well, you're we're you're not alone. I'm a huge Nintendo head too. Uh, I we'll talk about it later. But Jeremy Schmidt, who you might know, uh, does a video game like roundtable podcast. And if I'm on that, I basically have nothing to share if it's not Nintendo stuff. So, so we're in the same boat. Um, uh, I have a few questions for you cause I'm already super interested. Um, so when you say the Game Boy Color ones, that means you played like red, blue and yellow. Yeah. I played red, blue, yellow, gold and silver. Um, oh Yeah. Jeez, what came out the code and silver? Ruby and Sapphire, Diamond and Pearl, Black and White, Black and White 2. I don't know why I did Black and White 2. Um, <laughs> X and Y, Sun and Moon. And I'm currently on the expansion of Sun and Sword and Shield. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. is, it the, is it the Tundra one or the other one? It's to the start? Island of Armor one that starts. And the Tundra one Island comes Armor. out in November, I think. When you buy the expansion pass, you get both of them. They just don't drop at the same time. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you, I have so many questions for you. Do you have a favorite Pokemon? Uh, 
<sighs> favorite Pokemon. I mean, it changes every generation because I'm not loyal. And since the metagame changes so much, um, I'm always like, oh, what's going to be the good one in the metagame right now? Um, but right now, the one I'm using, I think the most on all of my teams is uh, Cinderace with the ability to Gigantamax. So okay. if you don't have the Island of Armor, you can't make your Cinderace Gigantamax. But if you do, um, you can feed it a Gigantamax soup that makes it Gigantamax. But you have to use... I don't have the same one I started the game with. I got one from Pokemon Home that had its hidden ability, uh, Libretto, which allows it to change its type to whatever move it's using. So if it's using a Psychic type move for that turn, Cinderace changes its type to well, not just for that turn, for however long you are still using a psychic type move. It okay. goes to psychic type. So I took that one, got all the EVs and IVs for it, and then, you know, gave it the Gigantamax ability. And I've been really enjoying destroying people with that. <laughs> Do you, first off, I actually don't recognize that Pokemon. Is that the one that evolves from the candle? Uh, no, uh, it evolves from the bunny. Oh, oh, okay. So it's, a star- it's the rabbit starter and sword and shield. The soccer player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pokemon. That's exactly okay, cool. It's a soccer player. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I started with, uh, with, I already, man, I, cause I played shield, um, through, I think I'm shame, I'm sh- uh, ashamed to say that that is the only Pokemon game that I've played that I haven't finished. I, I got to like the fifth badge, which was in that, you remember that, um, one town that's like, it's kind of like you're under a canopy and there's a lot of like, uh, luminescent, like mushrooms and plants and stuff. Yeah. The fairy gem. <laughs> that area. So I, I've completed that area, but then I dropped off, but it was really fun as, as a Pokemon fan. How does this game hold up to you compared to the rest? Because I feel like I've heard sort of uh, mixed things from people. And if I can hear from someone who's actually played the game and not an internet troll, I'd love to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing about Pokemon is that every single one of them is the exact same game and they just <laughs> <laughs> make small changes to it. Like, Oh, here's yeah. some new Pokemon you can use. And instead of these eight gems in this one, it's these eight gems. Um, I think it's okay. I don't like the, there's not an elite four in this one. So there's yeah. like a championship cup and I'm not crazy about how that works. But other than that, I think it's really good. They introduced some fun dynamics to it that I appreciate. And I mean, mm-hmm. God, there's no such thing as a bad Pokemon game to me. So, okay. I, I, and I'm still playing it and I pay for the expansion pack. So I would say, I mean, I recommend it. Okay. Did you have any interest uh, when they recently announced that new game Pokemon Unite? Do you know what that is? It's okay. Good. We don't even need to go down that road because it wasn't something I was interested in. That recently, I'm one of those pe- these people that anytime Nintendo has an announcement, whether it's from the Pokemon Company or whatever, I will get very excited for it and I'll like watch the presentation. Um, recently, they they announced the new Pokemon Snap game, and then they had so th- that I'm excited for because I played the original one. Um, but then they were like, hey, come back next week because we're going to have another special announcement. And everyone spec- was speculating and hoping that it was going to be Let's Go Johto, um, which Johto is my favorite region and Gold and Silver are very special to me. So I was very excited. But then it ended up just being they announced this like Pokemon MOBA game and I couldn't be less <laughs> interested in it at all. Yeah, I, I 
that in here, but I'm going to read about it later since you told me about it. But it yeah. I just like the, the, you know, the games with the eight gems mm-hmm. and the elite four and that kind of thing. You, you catch them all, which isn't possible um, without using the other games now, but that's what yeah. I prefer to do. And uh, yeah, Jota was the best one. The Heart Gold and Soul Silver remake are still oh. amazing. Um, when I get rich one day, I want to buy Heart Gold and Soul Silver because they're so good that people bought them up and now it costs like $300 to buy one on eBay mm. or Amazon. Mm. Yeah, it's a huge scam. I didn't realize that. Well, Joe, if we can ever do like a safe pass off or handoff uh i have i still have soul silver so you'd be more than welcome to borrow it and play it sometime if that would bring you any sort of joy i, I think it's more about the flex of me being able to say i spent six hundred dollars <laughs> on ebay to buy two games that are 10 years old and i don't have a console to use them on. well i do have the console to use them does it work i don't know we'll see <laughs> okay well you know what if you gotta have your flex joe i'll let you have your flex i appreciate that um of course uh you have I know you have a switch now um and do you do you play any games besides uh the pokemon games on switch that you like uh, i do still play mario the mario tennis aces i like that i i'm not great at smash which is depressing because i was always good at it before but i haven't <laughs> figured out how to be good at it on switch and i don't huh. i don't know why there's just something a little different about it that's throwing me off and i play like the mario kart games but other than that not really just i just spend hours and hours and hours playing pokemon hey whatever whatever floats your boat um Last question before we move on from uh, this stuff is, do you have, have you had a Smash character over the years or a couple that you really love to use? Your main, uh, if I may say? It's usually Peach. Okay. Yeah, it's, I think, just like typical queer person thing. It's like, oh, I'm playing with Princess Peach. Like, that's is, the Is Peach... Is Peach like uh, often like a queer choice or Peach Daisy and what's the other one? Rose Rosalia Rosalia uh, or something like that. Rosalina. Rosalina. Yeah, those those are the yes. three. Like anytime I've been to like any queer game night, like that's the one that most people or those are the three most people are playing with. Okay, is Peach Peach is. Peach is the character I've used the most out of them. I could use Daisy. They're pretty much the same. But I recently saw, because I booted up Smash, and Peach was like my highest single player score that I had, like going through like the classic mode. Yeah. So she's good. Yeah, maybe Peach is really good. I, I, I like any character that has like some projectiles and some strong moves in like in close quarters. But anyway, we're not here to talk about me or like the characters I like to use. Uh, if you're ready, let's go ahead and move on to talking about the game history and context of No Mercy. All right, let's do that. I am so ready. Perfect. Um, so for the if there's anyone listening out there who's not familiar with this game, we'll go ahead and give you some history and context. So here we go. Uh, WWF No Mercy is a wrestling game released on the Nintendo 64 in 2000 by THQ. Uh, it's based on the World Wrestling Federation and is named after the company's annual event of the same name. No Mercy is the last in the series of Nintendo 64 wrestling games. Uh, in this franchise, uh, it features various improvements over its predecessors, such as improved graphics, a championship mode that allows players to participate in various storylines, and a more in-depth character creation mode. 
Overall, the game was critically well-received and became one of the best-selling titles on the Nintendo 64. Uh, no Mercy had a ton of fun playable modes and game options. There were over 60 playable characters included, not including uh, creative, char- creative characters. Championship mode was a highlight and tax- tasked players with winning one of WWF's championship titles. It included seven selectable storylines to play through, one for each of those titles. And these storylines are affected by the player's success or failure and can branch off into different paths based on decisions made and matches won or lost. No Mercy came out during a very special age of wrestling and featured The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, The Undertaker, and many, many more WWF stars. Uh, Joe, for you, is there any more like history and context that you want to cover before we jump into your personal experience? Uh, no, man. I think you covered all of it. Um, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know what cool. else I can we say. Can you think, got it. Uh, Look at you. We, we, well it, researched. It's a com- thank you. It's a combination of me uh, reading a Wikipedia page and make it making it digestible to come out <laughs> come out of my mouth. <laughs> Hi everyone. This is the almost good boy and host of the Call Me by Your Game podcast, Connor McCabe. Are you looking for a way to support Call Me By Your Game and get a ton of great bonus content? Huh. Well, guess what, my friends? You're in luck. We have just launched the Patreon for Super NPC Radio. Super NPC Radio is our new podcast network founded by myself and host of video games, a comedy show, Jeremy Schmidt. And we're doing so to bring you even more video game content than before. If you subscribe at the $5 tier, you get all of the usual episodes of our shows, plus the brand new weekly podcast from Jeremy and I called Super NPCs. The $10 tier has even more content, including video space solace episodes, bonus episodes from all shows, the bi-monthly Resident Evil book club, new time capsule episodes, and even Call Me By Your Game co-op group discussion episodes. And if you want to know what this sort of thing is like, listen to the free full preview of us covering The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. We're excited to bring you more content than ever before, and with your support, we can do so much more than that. If you're interested in supporting us in our shows, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio, and enjoy those video games, why don't ya? So let's just move on to uh, the main part of the show where we talk to you about this game. Um, First thing I want to know, Joe, is do you remember how you got or discovered this game? I discovered the game because I had a um, subscription to one of those video game magazines. And I actually still do have this subscription. And it goes to my mom's house. And uh, (laughs) I've just never canceled it because I never get charged for it. Because when I had that subscription, it was from a bank account I don't even have anymore. I don't know why they still send <laughs> my mom those magazines, but they still come to her house. In my wow. Name, and I was just reading through them. And um, at the time, I had just started school because I had been homeschooled up to up until um, third or fourth grade. And then we started going to public school. And I was in the same grade as my older brother because I got skipped ahead a few. And all the guys in that class just, they wrestled all the time. And it was the <laughs> only sport that they played, quote unquote. Um, they like at recess? No, in gym. Oh, <laughs> like okay. In gym class. But they weren't really, we weren't really wrestling. We were just doing the stuff we saw on the TV. <laughs> but it was the only like sport that I was good at that the other like boys, because it was a, 
they were boy girl gender gendered classes mm. so you spent your whole class with all boys quote unquote or all girls quote unquote throughout the day and um it was the only sport i was good at that i could play with them so that's what really like started me getting into wrestling because i had no idea what it was before i was in school and so then i would start watching it on tv and like just to like try to fit in with the guys at school okay very interesting Re- wrestling is something that totally totally passed me by probably just because honestly the kids that i went to school with weren't interested in it um so you started like watching this afterwards uh well you were you said you were younger than a lot of the kids you were in school with because you skipped ahead yeah i was two years younger than everybody in my grade but you were still like pretty good at wrestling yeah that's that's pretty let's we'll take a moment to be like that's pretty impressive joe well it's, it's fake wrestling so it wasn't like <laughs> real wrestling so was it was it more that you were good at it because like you were creative and remembered the moves or were you how what did you is there any any more info you have about that uh i think it helped that i did like meticulously watch the moves like I could do like even the most like quote unquote complicated moves that didn't involve flying off the top of something. But uh, yeah, I could do like really complicated submission moves and stuff like that just because I would spend hours just watching wrestling nonstop. I uh, would buy like the back in the day they had DVDs of wrestlers. It'd be like, oh, these are Shawn Michaels greatest matches or Bret Hart's greatest matches or Mankind's greatest matches, like stuff like that. And I had the DVDs. I still have the DVDs and I would just watch them over and over and over again. I was really good at uh, this move called sweet chin music that Shawn Michaels used Uh to do. So, and then I understood that you weren't really supposed to hit people. And so that was the other aspect of it. Like I was good at doing the moves and also like the performance aspect of what wrestling is, which it's not really real. We weren't hurting each other. Uh, We were just like kids goofing around. Wrestling's not real. Oh no, I didn't mean to spoil that for anybody. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We're going to have to cut the show here. Um, That's really interesting. That's really, really interesting uh, uh, to hear about you as a kid being like so good at not only just like the remembering thing, because that that's something that I can resonate with, which is like uh, not to put words in your mouth and say that you obsessed over wrestling, but like, I did though. I obsessed. You you would be correct. Okay, cool. So I will put words in your mouth and say you're (laughs) obsessing, but, um, I did similar things. I think a lot of kids get really fixated on stuff and, and fall in love with certain things. So I'm a impressed that you're able to remember the moves and do that. But two, is like the not only Wait, the perf- from A to two. I a just to two. Point that out. Yeah. I move, and then next we're gonna go to uh, a bullet point. <laughs> awesome, gonna love this. that. Is <laughs> gonna be the third third thing that we hit. Um, so th- those things are cool, but also the fact that you were able to do these moves without actually, you know, hurting anyone or making them believable is pretty pretty cool too. Oh yeah, because I did not want to get hurt in return like i was smaller than those guys so yeah. like, if i go around kicking them in their faces they're gonna kick my ass and i do not want that to happen. <laughs> amazing what a what a very relatable incentive to not hurt somebody else um that's interesting did you have like a a wrestler or a few wrestlers that you like loved or were obsessed with or thought were or like modeled your moves after um so the ones i really loved were all guys who were like really big like i was obsessed with the rock obviously because i was like god mm-hmm. that guy is so good looking and so charismatic. <laughs> um that was like the big one i was obsessed with and then i liked other smaller people like ray mysterio because to me that was more of like 
I really wanted to be a wrestler as well. I feel like maybe mm-hmm. I should have said that up top. I was very serious about becoming a wrestler at that age. Oh, um, wow. Where I was, that's also why I studied it so much. I was like, oh, here's what I have to do. And this is the type of wrestler I have to be. So I was like really into smaller guys like Rey Mysterio. And Chris Jericho was a bit smaller too. So that's why I would learn like submission moves and like quick strike moves mm-hmm. um, kind of stuff. Because I wanted to be like, I wanted to be like those guys because that's the type of wrestler I understood my body was built to be like. I yeah. was never going to be the rock where I could lift up people twice my size and slam <laughs> them down kind of thing. That's amazing. I've been doing research for this episode. Um, I had kind of forgotten. Well, first off, it's it's kind of cr- fun to look back and realize that like that was the rock's introduction to us. Considering now Dwayne Johnson is like a oh, mega yeah. movie star. Um, we grew up with that. And maybe for people who are younger with us, that'd be more of a surprise. Um, but it's so mind blowing, not only to see him in that mode, but to see how expressive his face was, was something that really stood out to me. Oh yeah. I learned how to do, I learned how to lift my eyebrow by watching him do that. Can you still do it? Uh, I think so. Hold on. This is for the listener. We're on video. Oh, that's pretty good. Is it up? Okay. It's up. It felt yeah. like it was up. All right. Yeah. yeah. And only one was up. So you passed it. There we go. Um, for the listener at home, we are on a Zoom call and uh, Joe just demonstrated to me a wonderful eyebrow lift. So very much akin to The Rock. So nice. Um, uh, there's, I keep getting so like, I feel like right now what I'm having is I'm getting so excited by all these details you're sharing that I'm like having trouble getting back to the other ones. Um, did you... And this is also a perfect time for me to just pivot this into a new wrestling podcast. Um, but did you, how long did this last? Were you into wrestling for, and we'll get into the actual game later, but um, how long were you into wrestling for in your life? Jeez, uh, probably up until I went to college. And that's okay. when I was like, okay, I'm not actually going to do this. But my senior year of high school, I was like seriously contemplating. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and okay. there's a... I guess it would be considered minor league wrestling in Ohio called mm-hmm. Ohio Valley Wrestling that a lot of people go out of there and then go into like, quote unquote, professional wrestling like WWE. Oh, wow. So, so I was like very serious about like, oh, I want to do this. I had I don't remember what it was, but I remember that I had like written down my own finisher finishers and tried to come up with like a new submission move. I was very much into it. Uh, it was yeah, it was a lifestyle for me. I think I was committed to the gig. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a wrestler. It sounds like it. I mean, every little detail you're sharing shows uh, is sh- at least showing me how much thought and care you put into it. Because I just to. to try to make it relatable to myself. Sometimes I will get really into things, but I will really half-ass it or not really look into what it takes to do something. But it sounds like you did the opposite. Like you had your own finishers in mind. You were committed to it for a long time. And there was also, it's cool to hear that there was like a next step for you nearby in that other league. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, I'm sure you know PJ McCormick, who was on Jet Set with me and Anna. Yeah. Um, he did you know that he was an amateur wrestler for a while? I had no idea that he was. Oh, my gosh. This is the first time I've ever talked to another adult that I wasn't related to about the fact that I was going to try to be a wrestler. No way. Well, uh, first off, thank you very much for sharing all this with me today. It's really cool. Um, Well, you uh, all say about PJ is you should ask him about his wrestling career because he's 
he's got like videos of himself doing these amateur matches on like the East Coast, and it's a pretty incredible that's all i don't really have much else to share besides that that would explain that stapler thing i saw like (laughs) that that is very much yeah that's very much in the spirit of this yeah uh very much where he he said before former guest of the show fan favorite i don't even know if that's true but i'll say it pj mccormick uh uh yeah johnny ender was his wrestling name uh and he he was in a tag team with his with his part with this other guy i can't remember uh, that's like my favorite wrestler of all time is PJ McCormick. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I'm going to try to get us back on track a little bit. Um, you knew about the game cause, uh, you've already told us because uh, kids at school like wrestling, you got super into wrestling. Did you have other wrestling games before this one? No, that was the first one I bought. I bought a lot of them after, but No Mercy was the first one that I ever had on my console. console. Okay, cool. I think I had played arcade wrestling games before, but those were like way different. Like at, like on an arcade machine at a, at a yeah. place. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever played anything like that. Uh, for this particular game, do you remember it all? And I, I realize doing this show is calling back to our childhood. A lot of people, it's it can sometimes be hard to remember the specific details. So truly no sweat if you don't know. Do you remember knowing this game was out and like seeking it out or or how did, do you remember how you got it? I sought it out because uh, they had an advertisement for it or a review for it oh, in the then, video game magazine I was getting. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get this wrestling game. You did, you did tell me about the magazine earlier. Sorry about that. Um, awesome. Was, did your, I don't know if this was a, if wrestling occupied a similar space to parents uh, as like other um, I guess forms of entertainment could like, like, uh, I remember when Harry Potter was super popular at the beginning, a lot of parents, some parents were very scared that their kids would be getting into witchcraft. Was there any sort of apprehension from parents, from your parents maybe about like, like wrestling and the violence? I, I wasn't in, I have no idea what that would have been like. So, um, yeah, my mom, she was a saint. My parents had just gotten divorced when she mm-hmm. bought us a Nintendo 64. So that's also like. A part of the reasons why that system is so special to me because mm. it was like it was special to her to buy that for us yeah. but she was very much against violence she never wanted us to watch any r-rated movies or play any violent video games but my mom had a third shift job and we had an overnight babysitter who was like just an older relative who did not care about that kind of stuff so when wrestling was on um, our babysitter her name rest in peace was jenny mckenzie and she she didn't care she wasn't gonna like tell us we couldn't watch things or play certain things so my mom probably had no idea that we were watching all types of horrific stuff that would have made her hair turn gray um, and she didn't even know i bought that game oh wow yeah you, she had no idea how did you finagle that did you like go to a store by yourself what how'd that work out i went to the store by myself well i'm sure she gave me a ride but also my Mm -hmm. mom is the type of person she reluctantly will give you a ride someplace and she's not getting out the car if it's just like to go pick something up so if i say hey i'm gonna go buy a video game and you know parents don't know as much about game or back then since video game culture was like still relatively new parents didn't know that much about games as like kids did so if i told her i was buying a game she probably thought i was just buying like another mario game or another pokemon game she wouldn't ask me be like hey what game did you buy she didn't care she didn't want to hear about it she's just like oh cool this is something my kid does yeah it's a waste of money (laughs) 
Um, but yes, I'm sure she took me to whatever video game store was open at the time. Um, and I went in there and I bought it. They didn't ask me for some places would ID you if you wanted to buy Mortal Kombat or something. Yeah. But like the smaller video game stores wouldn't. They're and probably I happy to make game. a sale. Yeah. Uh, and I think I had been in there a lot too. So it was just like, they were like, oh, that's that kid. I like to imagine that this was you pulling a long con on the store, like going in and building a rapport. And then finally knowing that one day you'd go in and buy a game, they might have to ID you for. That's incredible. Um, do you, la- la- the last thing I'll bug you about when you actually got the game was, uh, do you remember like when you got back to the car or anything did you try to hide it was it in a bag like anything you remember about that uh they always put them in like this little white bag but Mm -hmm. i didn't try to hide it because i thought that would make it seem more suspicious than if i just like got in the car with the bag and was like all right i'm ready to go home i think that was a veteran move uh by you joe Nice job, because I think it would have been suspicious, and me as a kid would have tried to hide it and for sure got caught. Um, that's really cool. So you got the game. We've gotten gone down that road. Uh, was it like immediately? Like, did it immediately capture you? Uh, how did how did it go? Do you remember when you like f- first really got into the game? I think I spent the whole next day playing that game just nonstop, which my siblings hated because we only had the one Nintendo 64 <laughs> and we all had to share it. Um, but we also had this thing where like whoever had a new game kind of got to dominate the Nintendo okay. uh, for a day or two. But uh, yeah, just instantly you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about the game, but it had a story mode and I never played sports games or I would try to play sports games like mm-hmm. basketball, like what's it called? 2k yeah, or, or Madden or something yeah. like that. And those games were so boring to me. I never <laughs> understood that, but I appreciated that. No mercy was like modeling that. Like this is like your quote unquote wrestling season. This is yeah. like your career mode and going through that. Um, so yeah, I would just get right into it. I love having a storyline with it made such a, huge difference to me because it was i had seen these storylines on tv and even though i knew they were full of shit it was fun <laughs> to like play out those storylines with the character because you could play out specific storylines that had happened quote unquote in real life for example there was mankind and triple h had a rivalry in like 2000 it had to be 2000 for it to be in the game and you could play that in the game and that, that was the part that stuck with me the most i was like oh yeah they really put a lot of thought into this the graphics are terrible <laughs> i've, I've the, seen it I, yeah i i didn't care because the storyline was so good that's awesome uh there is something about uh something that i like about video games that i think sometimes that sometimes can be better for me than like reading a book or watching an amazing movie or or a TV show kind of like watching wrestling is that like you are the person making the choices and you have the agency, even if like a lot of that game, there were probably only so many outcomes. The fact that like you could do it, I would assume was cool and special to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And even to the point where I've never intentionally lost a match in that game. Like, against the computer or against another player but because i knew that the storyline would vary a little if i lost a match during the storyline i replayed the game and lost certain matches just to see (laughs) what the difference was that's cool do now when you went through um some of these storylines was there did you play with like the same I guess in general with the game, did you play with the same character? Like, would you play with the rock every time or did you mess around with the whole like group? 
Uh, no, I I would mess around with the group. I didn't. I don't think I ever played with the Rock. If I'm being perfectly honest. Oh, okay. Yeah. I uh, again, the Rock was just somebody I had the biggest crush on. Uh, but <laughs> was he like was untouchable great, great in that wrestling. game? Almost like out of respect. I think it was more like, mm, oh, that guy's hot, but I don't want to, you know, hang out with him, kind of thing. <laughs> For sure. That makes I don't think he's a great wrestler. He's just, he's charismatic. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Very, very fair. Um, was it, were there any storylines that you remember that like stuck out to you or any that were like very, very fun? Uh, I like the diva storyline more. And I don't remember like specific, I don't remember specifically what their storyline was. I just remember playing with them was way more fun to me than playing with the the rock or stone cold or mankind or the undertaker or even one of the creator wrestler characters because i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure in no mercy you could take your create created wrestler and put them through the storyline but that might be a later wrestling game that that i i actually think you're correct based on my research i'm pretty sure you could do that okay yeah um so for the divas, was there, I, th- I think I saw a list of characters. There were a lot less of them in, again, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, than the main wrestlers. Was there like a diva that you particularly liked? Oh man, you could not go wrong with either Trish Stratish or Lita. Like though, I mean, you could play with <laughs> China as well, but of course China is a beast in those games, but Trish Stratus and Lita in that game. Oh man. And this was before they were as huge as they were in the WWE. And to me, that was those that was iconic to be able to play with them early on like that. That's cool. Did they get, have their? Uh, I mean, I would hope so. Did they have their own like set of cust? Were there custom moves in this game in general? I guess I should ask. There were custom moves <laughs> for certain characters, and a lot of Lita Lita's moves I remember, especially then, were just Hardy Boys moves because mm-hmm. that's how she was introduced to wrestling on okay. the show, and she would do the twist of fate and the whatever move they did from the top of the turnbuckle i can't remember what that was she would do those moves i can't remember what trish stratish's moves were in that game i want to say because it was before trish stratus was the because years later she was the main person in the women's division of wde and had her a bunch of her own moves and stuff but at that time i think she just had like a big slap move that she would do (laughs) and i think a flying bulldog and I, I think that's it in that game. I could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong about that, um, but I don't think I am. Okay, no worries, uh, and thank you. Um, around pivoting a little bit around like the context when you played, you said this was, of course, your game that you got. You said that when your siblings, when everyone would get a new game, I also love the idea that it was kind of like, well, let this person have their time with the new game because it. So does that mean that your siblings also all kind of played games as well? Oh yeah. Every well, except my youngest sister. She interestingly enough interestingly enough, my sister likes to just watch video <laughs> games being played. Even to the yesterday, um, she was on the phone just watching somebody play a video game, which is I guess a, that's why Twitch and stuff I exists, was gonna say people that enjoy that. And I I guess that's a result of her having four older siblings who were <laughs> playing video games. Uh she has a Switch and she plays Pokemon on that. Okay. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I don't think she's ever played any other games that much. Uh, but yeah, my three brothers, they were all huge into video games. And between the four of us, we all had the different systems. But I was I was a Nintendo loyalist, but we had Xboxes and Playstations. And uh, what was the one Sega had in the 2000s? Um, Dreamcast? Dreamcast. 
Yeah. yeah. Somebody had one of those. I love it. Did uh were you the oldest sibling? No, I'm the second oldest. So I have an older brother who does animation. Oh, Interesting man. enough. Yeah. Is he out here as well? No, he's in Georgia. Okay. Very he lives cool. like right outside of Atlanta. That's awesome. Couple of creatives in your family. Pretty cool. Every single one of us. None of us has like, well, except my middle brother. He works for the Federal Reserve. But the rest of us all just have like creative jobs. Um, and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of debt with <laughs> degrees that have nothing to do with what we do in our real life. Right. Well, you were you were kind yeah. of saying earlier, this is obviously very off topic, but you were saying you did, were you, did you go to audio engineer school? Were you doing sound design? No, I went to film school and you just take film classes. Like there's a sound class that you take in film school. I only ever took one. Did not, uh, was not a good audio engineer. I uh, I also went to film school and that's the same thing. I took the the required sound design class when you were like a junior and that was it. I've I've actually learned like a lot more about it since then. Um so which is surprising. But where did you go to school? I went to the Ohio State University. The Ohio State. Um yeah. if you would have not said the I would have uh wouldn't have believed you. Um, and it's not a real film program, I should say. It's like film studies. Oh, okay, gotcha. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Still counts. You're out here. You're a, you're a writer. We got to give you some credit. Um, do you remember, did your other siblings get into uh, No Mercy as well, or did it just kind of remain your own game? I tried to get them to play with me because up to four people can play that game. And so it seemed like perfect. I was like, oh, there's four of us. But they didn't like playing the game because I would never lose in it. And so it loses the fun. I think yeah. I ruined that game for all of them, which is a shame because the story mode in it is so good. And I was trying to tell them, like, no, it's as good as that football game you play or that basketball game you play. But, yeah, I mean, kids don't want to get beat in games and they don't like to lose. So, yeah, they weren't into it. That's fair. I, I was a pretty and I probably some would say I'm a pretty sore loser. So I can kind of relate to that to this day. Um, do you remember how long you played this game for in like your main run of it man i want to say i played it until the next big wrestling game came out i think because it was towards the end of when nintendo 64 was popping and then gamecube yeah. started coming out and so after that i remember we had a gamecube and the only thing i ever played on that was a uh, smash melee is mm-hmm. melee the one for the gamecube or brawl yeah. Melee, yeah. Melee. So I would play that, but other than that, I didn't care about the GameCube, and I would just play the games I had on the 64 still until another wrestling game came out on the GameCube. And I want to say that was... I want to say it was a WrestleMania game. After that, they started doing... The wrestling games were WrestleMania and whatever year it correlated to in real life, I think. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Side question about... Uh, the institution of wrestling itself as someone who was very much just peripherally knowing that wrestling was a thing and following it. Um, I know the names have changed over the years. Where are we now? And is, is the wrestling now still tied to like WWF? I think it's WWE. It started being WWE in the 2000s at some point because okay. the World Wildlife Federation sued them over the <laughs> WWF trademark. Um, so wrestling <laughs> traded to went to WWE instead. And WWE is still around. 
for a while there were other ones like there was a tna a couple years back maybe, maybe a decade ago i don't think that exists anymore huh. wcw hasn't existed in a really long time to my knowledge all i really know is wwe and my extent of that is really just watching videos on youtube now and that's mostly of the the divas matches mm-hmm. because those are the best matches right now um Okay. Not, again, I'm not even saying that it's like a bit that's like most wrestling fans right now who are not like extreme sexist would say that the women's division is so much better than the men's division right now. Okay. Is is it because the the wrestling's way better, the the storylines are more interesting? What about the diva matches is sticks out to you? That it's more of about the craft and the athleticism of it mm-hmm. than it was when I was younger and it was there were a lot of the presence of women in wrestling was to be valets for male wrestlers or to be their romantic interest or just uh. to walk around and like, you know, a bra and panties like a bra and panties match was a huge thing. Uh, uh, OK, I was younger. And I haven't seen or heard of one of those in years. Thankfully. OK. Uh, yeah. So they've they've realized that women can actually be professional wrestlers and they have, you know, the skill and the talent to do it. That's awesome. So I guess early wrestling wouldn't have passed the Bechtel test necessarily. No, no, no. Not <laughs> not in the 2000s for sure. <laughs> gotcha. Um, well, thank you for... Uh, I should just refer you as the officially, official wrestling historian of the show now, but thank you for continuing to humor me <laughs> as somebody who doesn't know much and diving into the... Uh, answering my questions and stuff. Um, oh, truly a privilege. Truly a privilege. Oh, thank you. Um we talked a lot about the context of, uh, of like how you played that you were mostly playing by yourself. It seems with this game, when you played it, what are, we haven't talked as much about like what you love about the game or what stood out to you. Let's dive into that. What are some of the things about this game that you love the most? I I think it really was just the gameplay. I've always Mm -hmm. preferred, uh, like fighting style games Mm -hmm. other than Pokemon. Uh, but other than Pokemon, I would mostly just play fighting games like Mortal Kombat, Bloody Roars, uh, Marvel versus Capcom, just any okay. type of combat, like one-on-one combat type of game I was a big fan of. And so this had that, but it also was the thing that I was in love with at the time, which was wrestling. And I think one of the big things I really also, other than wanting to do it, was because there's something very queer about wrestling and that it's very campy. And mm-hmm. all of those people were like, performing a version of masculinity but it's still also they're doing drag for a big part of it Uh and i i just loved every single aspect of that and being able to do it on a video game was like great because yeah it was fun doing it at school with kids but it's not the same you know because you're not jumping one you're not on a mat you're wrestling each other on a basketball court (laughs) yeah it, it just doesn't have like the same the same feel to it as the spectacle you get like playing the game like you're not i wasn't really there in a wrestling ring but there were still the lights there's still the sounds there's mm-hmm. still the the uniforms and i think no mercy was one of the first ones that had like so many different moves that the wrestlers had as opposed to just i remember when i played wrestling games in arcades you would get like body slams and clotheslines mm-hmm. and drop kicks that were like really basic moves but in no mercy it was just a plethora of moves to choose from especially in the character creation form and that really i was just like whoa this i don't know i'd never seen anything like it it was the first video game that i had played that i just felt like had so many layers to it 
that it was really so well crafted. That's really cool. Um, so as far as like the move set goes, not only I'm uh, this is more of a question. Um, so apologies if it doesn't sound like one. So not only was there more, I guess, basic moves, but th- maybe the specific specials w- were also included as well. Oh, absolutely. The specials okay. were in there. Yeah. Every wrestler had their special. And when you did the create a wrestler version, you could give your wrestler somebody else's special as well. Awesome. Did you, I mean, I have, I would assume you created a wrestler at some point. I did create a wrestler at some point. Was it, what did you create like Joe as a wrestler? Or did you do something like wildly different that wasn't related to you at all? I, I remember creating the wrestler's name. Wasn't Joe. It was whatever name I was going to use. when I became a wrestler. Oh. I can't remember what it was, but I, <laughs> I do remember it being that. And I remember Again, I'm pretty sure this is in No Mercy, but this is something I did in every single wrestling video game that I would always start my character off with having to win the tag team championship then having to win the Intercontinental Uh Championship. I don't think it's called that anymore, though, but it might be. It might be called the USA Championship now and then having to win the heavyweight championship because that was my understanding of how wrestling history worked. Like my favorite wrestlers, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Uh, even Stone Cold, I don't think he did this in WWE, but in WCW, he started most wrestlers start their career off tag team, and uh-huh. then when they go solo, they go to like the Intercontinental Championship, and then once they've done their time there, and they're ready to be like the big dog, that's when they have a shot at the heavyweight title, so I was like, that's what my character has to do. My character has to like work their way up to the top. <laughs> I love that even though you're in a video game where there are very little rules put on you, that you still made your character go through that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. I could have went straight to the top. Well, it's funny. It's kind of like, I don't know if it's the same thing, but some people play video games like they're just living a normal life. Like uh, people will, I've heard people playing, Grand Theft Auto is never a game that I've played, but I've heard people talk about the way they play that. And they're like, no, sometimes I just try to like stop at the stoplights and ride the bus. And, and it's, it's kind of feels like a similar thing that you did. That's amazing. Um, and it's, I don't know about you, but it's kind of fun to uh, take a created character and work through that journey that you've seen others do the same thing with. Hmm. Um, I've done the same with like baseball games or trying to think of other games where you can create a character. I don't know if a lot of RPGs can do that. Anyway, um, very, very cool. Uh, I was trying to think. I feel like we got to talk about so much. Um, was... Uh, have you replayed this game recently? Do you still have your Nintendo 64? I actually do still have my Nintendo 64. Awesome. I have no idea if it still works or not. <laughs> it's more of like just a thing to have because it was going to get thrown away. I oh. remember at some point years ago and I was like, no, 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 we got to keep it. And so I still have it in all the controllers that we had over the years. I have not played this game on 64 in a long time. I remember a few years back, I played a mod version of it on the Internet. Oh, and it was cool. still fun. I still liked it. it I don't know. It, I remembered how bad the graphics were when <laughs> I played the mod version. I was like, holy shit. But yeah, I think that maybe that was three or four years ago. Okay. That was when I learned that you could that internet mods existed and then i started playing pokemon mods for some reason so like an emulated pokemon game just with mods yeah it's like uh it's the same game it's just on a virtual console like a vgc gotcha have you ever done like a nuzlocke challenge 
What's a Nuzlocke challenge? So this is a Pokemon thing where um, you play through a Pokemon game, but you treat it as if uh, if you have a Pokemon that faints, you can't use it anymore sort of thing. So it's kind of like people who play like hardcore version of Pokemon. Oh, I've infamously never had a Pokemon faint. What? Yeah, I, I take that game very seriously. So wow. anytime I play I normally have the thing evolve to its second form before I even fight the first gym leader. I just go on the grass and train and train and train and train and train. You grind. Yeah. I love it. Um, And then I don't battle people on the internet because they scare me. And so because of that, (laughs) I've never had a Pokemon (laughs) faint. I was going to say, you have to be the greatest player ever if you've never had one faint. No, 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 no. The game is just so easy in game. Yeah. Especially the newer ones, I feel like. uh, I At least playing through shield i oftentimes it's a lot of one hits or or very few to take out enemies but um yeah back on the pokey talk uh <laughs> kind of uh i guess we feel like we've gotten to cover so much that's so much like fun about like your history with the game and what you love about it uh joe before we move on to like some fun segments to close up today was there anything else that you didn't get to share about this game? Anything you wanted to dive in further or something else that you want to wrap up before we go? No, I feel like we we covered all of it. Just, I don't know. We mentioned the game. I did think it was cool that, again, you could play to be any type of champion you wanted in the game. It, it was just so all-encompassing. And I want to say even in, the, this might not have been in No Mercy, and this was in later wrestling games, but when you could throw people through the announcers' tables, <laughs> just, and they had all the features where like you could do Hell in a Cell type matches or cage matches. They missed not a single beat with that game. And there was supposed to be a Game Boy Color version that was going to come out. And I was really excited about that. And then it never did. And I remember being a little heartbroken because I would have been able to carry that wrestling game with me wherever I went. Oh but man, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, I'm I'm sorry about that. Uh, that's not fun. It's not fun to have games you're looking forward to get canceled. Um, well, we're gonna move on to some fun stuff. But uh, before I'm gonna thank you a million times. I have a problem thanking people too much. But thank you so much for sharing about your experience, your history with that. That was really fun to hear. Uh, you're not welcome. Cool. And I'm saying that because you're telling me you have a problem thanking people. <laughs> so I think if I tell you you're not welcome, that will help you with this problem. Good. Uh, I'm not going to thank you for doing the right thing and helping me. Uh, cool. We'll move on to a couple fun segments. Uh, the first of which, uh, before we wrap up, is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. Uh, if you've listened to the show before, you'll know this is just the part where I tell my guest facts about the game. These can be Easter eggs, secrets, development history. Um, we've got a few for you. So uh, the first one which I was going to share last that I'll share first. You actually just uh, spoke about a little bit. I, I don't have any like sound bites that I play during the show. It's not like a corny radio show, but the Game Boy Color version that was canceled was one I was going to bring up. So oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. You get a you get a bonus, uh, a, a little gold star next to your name. Um, for the listeners out there who aren't familiar, there was a Game Boy Color uh, game planned for that was also going to be wwf no mercy um this game boy color version was planned to utilize the nintendo 64's transfer pack to help unlock certain features it included an extra unlockable create a wrestler slot 
and an extra Game Boy Color option in the championship mode. But um, unlike the Game Boy Color game for WrestleMania 2000, which did come out, the No Mercy version was planned to be be developed by a different company called AKI. Um, and even though the game was canceled, some modes can be unlocked through using a cheat device on No Mercy. So there that is uh the next two uh oh by the way that was provided by fandom.wiki uh the second fact i have for you today is that a sequel was planned but never finished did you know about this joe i did know about this you're com- you've come prepared i'm very proud of you um again i had a f- video game magazine subscription that i was not paying for so it was very <laughs> easy to stay up on oh the, I, the news i didn't ask you do you 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 didn't remember it wasn't nintendo power was it no it was i want to say it was game informer okay yeah and i think they still are running so that makes sense um i mean they still come to my mom's house i'm absolutely sure of this little little do you know your mom is like reads them cover to cover and is super into games now um anyway the sequel that was planned uh this is provided by youtube the youtube channel gamia uh during early development for uh for WWF Backlash, which was the sequel, it was planned. Um, it was pegged to be a 2001 release and was rumored to include wrestlers from newly signed WCW and ECW rosters. It was inclu- rumored to have six-man matches, more than the four, in No Mercy, and allegedly had even more backstage areas to take a match. Um, and it was canceled, likely due to Nintendo moving its development focus to the GameCube. Um, something it talked about there, did you... Get into like the fights and matches in like the backstage or the locker room when you played No Mercy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Was that like something that was like was like a secret to find, or was just pretty easy to figure out? I think again, I don't want to confuse it with another game, but who cares yeah. if I do? There's yeah. no consequence to this. Like you could have <laughs> a certain type of match. What's it called? All falls count. I want to say is hmm. the type of match you could play where you could pin anybody anywhere or fight anybody anywhere but maybe there was a secret in no mercy i don't think there was i think it was just like a certain type of match style and i'm positive that in the story mode there were elements of that that took you back there to have fights okay matches and stuff okay that makes more sense um plus why keep something behind like like that such a big secret um the last thing I have for you in the Fact Me By Game section, this comes from VG Facts, uh, and the thing is that the early cartridges of WWF No Mercy were oh, yeah. broken. Yeah. Yeah. Did you happen to get, did you get a broken cartridge? Did you have a new one? I didn't get a broken one, but I remember hearing on hearing on the internet, but I remember seeing on the internet that some of the cartridges didn't work. And I guess if you could trade it in or something like that for one that did work. Yeah. Basically, I guess the first shipment or load of shipments that came out had a memory glitch that after you played for a while would delete all your save data. And yes, eventually, if you had an older version, you could swap it for no fee. We go. How nice of them. I know. Uh that would that sounds like a complete nightmare if I was super into a game. Um, but that wraps up the fact me by your game section. Uh the last segment we have for you is the game recommendations segment. Joe, this is the part of the show where I really shoehorn in the one connection to call me by your name. Um this segment is inspired um from the idea that when I was 
when I watched that movie for the first time, at the end of the movie, Timothy Chalamet's character, who's, you know, no longer seeing Army Hammer, I was wondering, like, who does he date next? Like, what does that relationship look like? Because sometimes people, when they move on, can date someone who is, like, eerily similar to the last partner, could be someone who's wildly different. Um, out of left field. So that's what these recommendations are based off of for you today. Um, okay. Uh, I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name and you just spoiled that for me, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's the first time that's happened on the show, but uh, it only took 30 episodes to ruin the movie for somebody. <laughs> so the first recommendation I have for you is something uh, different, but a little more refined if you want a little bit of a, a, a newer and a different version of the game and that would be Def Jam Fight for New York uh which was a game on PS2, GameCube and Xbox. Do you know this game? Yeah, my brother said that. Okay, there we, there we go. Um the next recommendation is a is an out of left field but wrestling adjacent game, not a fighting game at all, uh and that is it's actually a platformer called Guacamelee. Have you heard of this before? I have heard of this, but I don't think I've ever played it. It's um it's a game it's like it's a platformer game where uh you you know run and jump through a bunch of levels you fight enemies and you but you play a luchador named Guacamelee so yeah and he has like a red bandana or something I think it's like reddish green or something yeah yeah um (laughs) so that's my out of left field recommendation for you okay and then Joe if you want another arcade heavy heavy hitting N64 game with the same amount of gravitas and theater i recommend to you nfl blitz 2000 uh which is i played that which is a wild game on the nintendo 64 it's actually one i still have um but if you if so if those are the things you held on to that'd be my rec blitz is the only football game that i've ever enjoyed it's uh so that's a good recommendation well there we go i love it uh i'll just keep patting myself on the back um (laughs) well that's the end of the uh, game recommendation segment and that pretty much brings us to the end of the show um so joe before we go and uh, feel free to plug anything you want uh thank you so much again for doing this today that's the last time i will do that uh, yeah you gotta cut that out i know but uh it was good to see you good to catch up with you a little bit uh i think we've taken our friendship from uh from like from acquaintances who say hi in a hallway to acquaintances who say hi in and remember the thing we did together, which was this podcast. That's that's so interesting because I remember the thing that we started as like a bit was that we were calling each other best friends whenever we oh, see each other. Yes, I forgot about how can I forget about that? Because I think we started to see each other like more and more often. And the it it was weird when that was happening because there weren't I wasn't running into anybody as consistently as you, and now we don't run into anybody. So, man, what we what we used to have, Joe. Oh yeah, and, um, but you know what? I still feel like you're my best friend. Hey, thank you. you. And for the listeners out there, anyone who thinks that I did it again, who thinks that I'm their best friend, you need to know that's Joe. Um, and Joe, my best friend. Before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Anything anywhere you want people to find you? Um, yeah, I can be found on all the socials. It's just my name, Joe, J-O-E, the letter P, and then my last name, Gould, G-O-U-L-D. Other than that, I would prefer not to be found anywhere because that'd be really weird. How did you find me somewhere I didn't tell you I was going to be at? Um, but if you do find me someplace and I don't know, maybe you're about to murder me or something, I would like to know the backstory of how you got me. That would be interesting to hear. 
There we go. So, listener who does that, uh, please be prepared to give Joe the full rundown. Um, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You can find him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime, on Instagram at Scaramy Schmidt. You can listen to his uh, his video game podcast, Video Games a Comedy Show, more of a roundtable style uh, podcast that just did their 100th episode. You can follow me on the social medias at Condor underscore McCabe and on Twitch because sometimes I stream at Cons is Cool 69. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll give you the little backstory behind that. Normally, cons, C O N Z, is just my handle. That wasn't available, so I figured I'd make it something totally ridiculous. Um, you were listening to Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next episode. It's cooking. Know your role. It's cooking. It's cooking. Roll.